Wedgwood Christian Services is a place where hope and healing meet. Join me, Hillary Kirkendall, Wedgwood's Marketing and Communications Coordinator, as I sit down for conversations with the amazing people who work at, learn from, and grow through our grace-filled residential care, counseling services, and community programs. Grab your cup of coffee or tea and enjoy experts sharing their insights on the challenges people are facing and stories of hope, healing, and transformation. These are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations. Recently, Wedgwood hosted our annual State of the Child panel conversation, an event that brings together local teens and community experts to dive into the toughest challenges facing kids and families today. Topics covered at this year's event include mental health, trauma, substance use, life online, and healthy relationships. Each topic was kicked off with a pre-recorded interview with local teens. Then our panel of experts, moderated by ABC4 West Michigan's Miranda, responded to the teens' honest insights and shared their expertise. This year's panel of experts included Dr. Lisa Lowry, who is the Section Chief for Adolescent and Young Adult Medicine at Spectrum Health, Kaylee Jackson, a residential therapist here at Wedgwood, Chris Becker, the Kent County Prosecuting Attorney, Carrie Schulte, who is a Recovery Services Clinical Supervisor here at Wedgwood, and Kevin Polston, who is the Superintendent for Kentwood Public Schools. Our next episode in the State of the Child series is about substance use. Our teens and panel of experts weigh in on what kids are using, why they may be turning to substances, and the impact that it has on their lives. I've seen people vape in sixth grade at my school. It happens a lot in the bathroom, like just sitting there and like you'll, you'll just walk in and then some girls will be like, hey, like, do you, like, you're not a snitch or anything, like, will you try this? And like, your brain wants to say no, like, you know to say no, but it's like hard sometimes to say yes. Like, I've, I've always said no, like, never done it, but like, I've seen girls who have been like, oh, I guess, like, very hesitant because people are like, oh, will you try it, will you try it, will you try it? And I, I don't get why you would want to do that and why you would feel the pressure to do that, but scares me because I found out that it's like when you like inhale the vape, it's like water vapor, which I knew it was water vapor, but part of what makes it so dangerous is the fact that it creates like water pockets in your lungs and you're like basically like drowning yourself almost like that's what my chemistry teacher said. And I think that's crazy. Like sure it may be addictive, like ooh, fun flavors and like nicotine is obviously in it, but it's like why would you start in the first place? Because that's the choice that you want to make when you're older, then go ahead and do that. Like that's your choice. But right now you shouldn't even be doing it. Like that's not that shouldn't be something that like you're trying to hide from your parents or like even doing in the first place. People aren't gonna like you more if you vape. Like I wouldn't want to hang out with someone who vapes or smokes or does bad stuff. Do you really want to ruin your life or just like a few minutes of euphoria? Being able to say no is like feels really nice to be like, no, I don't wanna do that. No, like I know that's not safe. But also at the same time, like everyone's doing it. And like, like, I know it's wrong, but it's like everyone's doing it. And so you walk in, you'll be the only one not doing it. And you'll just be standing there. I think that they should know, like, it, like you're going to say that, like, oh, no, your kid is never going to do that. But like, in real life, like, other people are, like, very pushy. Like, they're very pushy to do what they want, to get what they want from you. You're damaging yourself. You're putting chemicals in your body that really weren't supposed to be there in the first place. Like, you don't even know what's going to happen to you. And, well, you know lung cancer is going to happen to you in the next 50 years, but... It depends on your supplier. Most of them are like 20 to 
40 bucks, you're pretty much taking the money that you've earned for doing stuff that's helping you and just ruining everything. All right. We're going to start with vaping and we'll move through. Um, I'm working on a special with some friends from Talk Sooner on vaping, so I have been absorbed in it. Uh, visiting vape shops undercover, I've been chatting with a lot of students and spending a ton of time on TikTok. How do people not recognize you? I, mean, that, they, uh, <laughs> I go out of this like... market. I go out of this market and I ask a lot of dumb questions. And it's funny when you ask questions, suddenly you find out who the experts are and they all come forward and want to share all their knowledge. So I have a question. I'm going to start with you, Chris. Um, I have met so many parents in vape shops who are buying for their kids, and I cannot believe it, and it makes me sad. Can a parent get in trouble for buying for their 13-year-old, and maybe it doesn't have nicotine, maybe it does, maybe it's got a little THC, maybe it doesn't? What's the big deal? Well, yeah, if it's got THC, definitely the parent get in trouble in terms of giving you know, any sort of marijuana product to a minor is, is a criminal offense. Beyond that, no, not necessarily. If you know, buying a vape pen, I don't think it's necessarily legal if you're a parent giving it to, to your kid because you can say, well, they're using it for just, you know, flavored water or whatever. That's not necessarily legal. So I, I think that's, that's the big thing is the marijuana that's going, that may be in that vape uh, that's concerning for me and probably just about everybody up here is because, you know, this, I think we were talking earlier, this isn't your parents. It's not our marijuana, if you would, back 20 years ago. The THC levels in marijuana are ex exceedingly high, and uh, the concern, biggest concern we have is the operating operating a vehicle under the influence because kids, you know, kids and adults don't realize that. And I think the legalization of marijuana was one of the worst things we ever did in the state in terms of providing that access to kids because whether it be the parents or whether it be the older brother, the older cousin, just the, you know, ne'er-do-well that lives down the street uh, that doesn't care about buying stuff, uh, those are the things that really are having an impact on the kids that we're seeing, whether it be in the criminal justice system or probably in the school system, that are ha having a real impact on behavior and what uh, the kids are doing. Dr. Lowry, medically, um, so what parents are telling me when we chat about buying for our 14-year-olds, um, that their kids just have a lot of anxiety, and when they vape, it really calms them down, it just helps, and at least they're not putting them on medication. Yeah. Um, we hear that all the time, mm -hmm. and so one of the things is, I said, but I know what you know, that X drug that I'm prescribing you. I know the milligrams, what it can do to you and things like that. But when you're vaping, especially if you're vaping flavored, nicotine, marijuana, what I know is not only injuring your lungs, it can, you know, have, if you're, especially if you're doing nicotine and THC, it can impact your brain development and it can make you more at risk for anything like paranoia, anxiety, things like that. So I really really try to, first of all, I like to have the open and honest conversation with them. Thank you for telling them. But then what can we do? First of all, why are you vaping? Okay, so you're ang anxious. Well, tell me a little bit more about that. And then how can I help you not to vape? Um, and so, but having that, and then really just setting a plan and working with them. Um, but a lot, the, it is not uncommon for parents and even our, our teenagers and young adults to say, well, it's natural. And so I'm going to use this that I only inhale a few times a day versus taking a pill every day. And we counsel against that. So, Carrie, let's talk about this. Is vaping the new gateway drug that everybody is using? Because it is pretty and it tastes like bubblegum blueberry. Yeah, I, I think that 
I, I caution the term gateway drug because I think that people are going to use what they're going to use. And um, if it starts with THC, if it starts with vaping, I mean, kids are going to use it and they're going to get a hold of it. Um, my concern with vaping is that kids are putting dab and wax in their vape pens. And for people who don't know what dab and wax is, it's THC extracted from the marijuana plant. And it's 80 to 90% THC, which can cause an amphetamine-like high. Um, in students and in adults as well. And so um, it's really concerning that kids are vaping. Kids don't know the dangers. I think people are thinking, oh, it's not cigarettes. Everybody knows cigarettes are bad for you. But vaping is just as detrimental to, to people's health. So um, I think that education is really key, educating adults, educating students, making sure people know the dangers. Um, and then also just being aware what your kids are vaping um, because THC in a vape pen can be odorless. So you may think that they're vaping blueberry whatever, but <laughs> it's very possible that it's 90% THC in that vape pen. Again, I want to say, aren't the schools cracking down on this? Um, you know, I mean... I know when I hear kids say you can't walk into the bathroom without being approached about it. Um, and I can talk, I talk to several kids who are like, there are certain bathrooms I just don't go into. There are spaces I don't go to at certain times of day. I mean, our kids know what's going on. Uh, what's happening from a high level? So I, I believe behavior of kids is communication. So, you know, you got to do it to the why. The, the best way to get kids to do something is tell them not to. And, and that was the same in, in our generation as well. And so the, you know, the just say no approach or the scared straight approach in telling these stories really don't work because who do kids listen to most often? They listen to other kids. So how often are we engaging children in conversation about you know, these type of behaviors? And, and how often are we teaching replacement behaviors instead of just don't do that? What, what's the opposite? And, and then are we creating those conditions for getting involved in extracurriculars or finding um, opportunities in their talents, interests, passions, or, or examining why are we disciplining so many children in school and why aren't they feeling more connected to their school or their, or their learning that causes them to seek out these type of ways to either cope or get the feeling that they desire. And so, again, I think it's about, as a, as a community, teaching healthy behaviors, educating on the risks associated, but also supporting children that make mistakes. So if, if you make a mistake and you consequence, only for the sake of consequence, without reteaching or without you know, helping the child learn and grow from that, then there's no hope that they're not going to keep doing it. They're just going to get better at hiding it from you. So I, I think we have to get closer to our children and talk to them more and be a more open uh, with our relationships, uh, that's the best thing I think a parent can do is keep open lines of communication. So if and when our kids do make mistakes, they're there to share it with you so we can help them. Kaylee, you are nodding like crazy down there. Add, add your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. So the thought that just keeps coming to my mind is that we're filling voids. We're filling voids, and we need to stop asking the question, um, why are you doing that, and asking what happened to them to make them do that. We need to get down to the bottom line. There's a reason why people are picking up vapes or picking up marijuana, and it doesn't just fall into peer pressure. What happened to them to make them want to numb out and to, to fill a void? What experience are they trying to avoid for them? And just making sure that we are willing to ask that question and not just making assumptions, because at the end of the day, everyone is different, and we can't just use this cookie-cutter approach stating everyone's just into it because of peer pressure. And Chris, for you, um, this shift in perspective on weed, um, it's commonplace. 
ask any kid about it. They can tell you where to get it. Grandma uses it. I mean, everyone's using it. What's the big deal? Oh, yeah, and that's that's the huge thing. I think with the legalization, there has been this entire shift. And it's not, we kind of think of it as all the, the smoking that's cause traditional, but it's also the gummies. It's the, it's the edibles that are really, you know, kind of terrifying because, you know, going to your point in terms of the level of THC and, and the, the dab or the wax, you know, and a gummy, a gummy yeah. bear. Gu- edibles have about 50 to 60% THC in them, so... So it is. It's, you know, whether it be, you know, smoking or the edibles, people, it's, it's not that big of a deal. It's only marijuana. It's natural. It's, you know, it's something that, you know, it's almost overtaken beer and, and wine and alcohol. It's just because it's marijuana and it's, it is much more readily accessible now. So it's easier for those kids to get, even though they're not supposed to have it until they're 21. Um, it's much like, you know, you get the people that used to hang out at the 7-Eleven and go out and buy beer for the, the kids. Now they're hanging out at the dispensaries and, and supplying there. Does that concern you? Oh, yeah, it sure does concern me. Um, and, and that's the thing, you know, going to his point on education, I think that's, you know, the criminal justice system, that's not one of the things we're, we're not lodging people. There's not, we, we're having problems lodging people for violent offenses, much less, okay, you provide some of a kid marijuana or something like that. There's not a whole lot of, there's not a big hammer that we have that we're going to throw people in jail or put people in prison. People, I think, think that. That all we're going to come down hard. We, you know, they may get put on probation and fine, but in terms of really having a hammer that, as a deterrent, which is usually the biggest thing for incarceration, we don't have that when it comes to use of marijuana, possession of marijuana, or even supplying. So, Carrie, your work with substance um, and prevention, give us some hope. Yeah, I think kids are resilient, and um, kids are our future. And so I know that um, kids who have adults who pour into them are much more likely to succeed. Um, And so I think getting them plugged into positive um, extracurricular activities, sports, um, drama, theater, whatever they're interested in, encourage that and draw that out of them. Um, You don't want to create more stress by having them over-involved, but you do want to plug them into positive things. Um, And so I think that there is a lot of hope. I think that the kids on the screen are proof of that, and they, you know, it sounds like they're trying to do really good work in their schools, but... I think just empathizing with our students is really important because we've all been there, right? We've been that kid in the bathroom when the vape pen is being offered to us. It probably wasn't a vape pen for us, but it was something else. Um, and so I think just remembering how that feels um, and just being, being positive and supportive to our students is, is really important. Kids don't use substances just because all their friends are using. Like Kaylee pointed out, there's often something that has driven them to want to numb out or avoid, and whatever that is, it can vary from kid to kid. When we keep asking the questions and connect kids to positive outlets, activities, and support, they can build resilience. They can learn to deal with big emotions and cope in healthy ways. Keeping connected to kids and being invested in their lives is crucial to their overall well-being. It is so important to know how they are feeling and what they are doing with their friends, both on and offline. In our next episode, our panelists will dive into life online and the impact of social media and online connections. Special thanks to our Teen Charge students, our panel of experts, Miranda, Frederick Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Park, Lumbermans, and our event sponsors for making this series possible. Wedgwood Christian Services is committed to extending God's love and providing exceptional care and support. Head on over to wedgwood.org, that's W-E-D-G-W-O-O-D.org, to learn more about how you can get connected to services, support Wedgwood's mission, or join our team. Connect with us on social media at WedgwoodCS 
or send us an email at hello at wedgwood.org. We would love to be a part of your story. Until next time, these are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations.